0: This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast, with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. This is Liam Douglas. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast, and this is Episode 70, I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to the show, and also remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk more about at the tail end of this episode. So, this week, our photography news is brought to us by the good folks at Petapixel. You can check out their website at Petapixel.com. And we're going to start off with the first news story for this week. So, plenty of people use their Canon DSLR and mirrorless cameras as webcams, but up until now, you needed third-party software or a capture card like CamLink to make that happen. Well, no more. Canon has released its own software that's up to the task. In a quiet announcement earlier today, Canon revealed EOS Webcam Utility Beta, a piece of timely software that lets you use select EOS Interchangeable Lens Cameras or ILCs and PowerShot cameras as webcams for video conferencing. The beta software is an easy-to-use plug-and-play option for users who either don't have a Canon camera with clean HDMI out, or don't need the additional functionality, resolution, or streaming support that capture cards and streaming software offer. This is particularly good news for users of Canon's crop sensor DSLR, since only the latest models, the Rebel T8i, the Rebel SL3, The EOS 7D Mark II and the EOS 90D can even produce a clean HDMI output. EOS webcam utility works over a USB connection rather than HDMI and is already compatible with the following cameras. The EOS 1DX Mark III, the EOS 1DX Mark II, the EOS 5D SR, the EOS 5D S, the EOS 5D Mark IV, the EOS R, the EOS 6D Mark II, the EOS RP, the EOS 7D Mark II, the EOS 90D, the EOS 80D, the EOS 77D, the EOS Rebel T7I, the Rebel T6I, the Rebel T7, and T6, Rebel SL3 and SL2, the EOS Rebel T100, the EOS M6 Mark II, the EOS M50, the EOS M200, as well as the PowerShot G5X Mark II, the G7X Mark III, and the PowerShot SX70HS. One major catch is that the Canon WebCam Utility Beta is currently only available for Windows operating system, but Canon says other operating systems may be available at a later date. Quote, in unprecedented times, it's imperative for Canon to provide our customers with useful, simple, and accessible solutions to assist them in whatever imaging needs they have, explained Tatsuro Kano, Executive VP of Canon USA, as part of this announcement. Our goal is that the EOS webcam utility beta software can help reduce some of the remote workday stress for employees who are tasked with video conferencing and virtual meetings end quote. To learn more about this option, check out the demo video, uh, which will be in the article from Petapixel. I'll share a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can also download the beta today. If you're using Windows, once you've downloaded the program and have started using it, you can find tips or provide feedback on the Canon support forum. Next up, ProGrade Digital unveils new microSD cards that are both faster and cheaper. Memory card maker ProGrade Digital has unveiled a new lineup of UHS-II microSDXC cards that are both faster and cheaper than their predecessors. And since they come with a full-size, full-performance uhs 2 SD adapter, they're extremely versatile as well. The cards were announced this morning, and they represent a significant little spec bump over the previous generation. Max sustained read and write speeds have been increased to 250 megabits a second and 130 megabits a second, respectively, up from 280 megabits a second previously. Prices have been cut by up to 45%, and there's now a 256 gigabyte version available. And, just like the previous cards, every purchase comes with a full-speed a- uhs 2 SD card adapter in case you want to use the same card in your drone, your Action Cam, and your ILC without sacrificing performance. The idea behind these faster cards is to be as versatile as possible, explains ProGrade Digital CEO Wes Brewer. Quote, In today's multi-shot, multi-camera environments, professionals are utilizing a wide range range of options when it comes to capturing video. With our newest microSD card announcement, we continue to lead the market in offering a truly versatile card which can serve a variety of needs with no compromise in performance or thermal capability. The new ProGrade Digital MicroSDXC Cards are available to order now in 64, 128, and 256 gigabyte sizes for $35, $55, and $100, respectively. The 64 and 128 gig versions should ship right away, and ProGrade promises to ship the 256 gigabyte version by the end of quarter two of 2020. To learn more or to pick up a few of these for yourself, head on over to ProGrade Digital website, which I'll include a link to in the show notes for this episode. The new, faster cards haven't popped up at online retailers just yet, but they should go live in short order. Until then, we don't recommend picking up the previous generation since they're almost twice as expensive and quite a bit slower to boot. Now, this is definitely some exciting news. Um, I know a lot of times uh, new photographers or f- student photographers will ask on a lot of photography forums that I'm in on Facebook and other places if they could use micro SD cards in their interchangeable lens cameras and most people will tell them no it's not a good idea but now with this new faster and cheaper version of uhs 2 Micro SDXC cards from Prograde, that could change all of that. And I think I'm definitely going to go ahead at some point in the near future when they when they're fully available and get me a couple of the 128 gig ones. And just for giggles, try them out in something like my EOS R or RP, or maybe even put a pair of them with their um, Prograde Micro SD UHS2 adapters, SD card adapters, into my GFX 50R and take them for a test drive. Um, in my camera bodies just to see how they perform. I do have high-speed UHS-II card readers that I've already bought from ProGrade. So, I'm all set as far as that goes. So, this is definitely some exciting news. I think it's going to make a lot of people happy because, as they mentioned in the article, this gives you the ability to use the same microSD card in your drone, your action camera, and your DSLR or mirrorless camera. And all you got to do when you want to use it in your interchangeable lens camera system, whether it's DSLR or mirrorless, is put it in the ProGrade UHS-II SD card adapter, and you're not sacrificing any performance. So that's definitely some exciting news right there. Okay, next up, last week Nikon Japan moved the legendary Nikkor AF-S 200mm F2 ED-VR2 Alphabet Soup lens over into its old product list of discontinued F-mount lenses. And while Nikon USA won't confirm the news, this probably means that the old lens is no longer in production and and will hopefully be replaced in the near future. The original news broke through Nikon rumors who noticed that the 200mm F2G had been added to Nikon Japan's discontinued lens list. And yet even with all of these disadvantages compared to the latest most clinical optics from Nikon, it's still the second sharpest Nikkor lens that DXO Mark has ever tested, losing out only to the new Z mount 50mm f1.8 in that category. As soon as we heard that the lens had been discontinued, we reached out to Nikon Inc. to confirm, since there may be regional differences or other details lost in translation, and earlier today we received the following statement. Now again, this is coming from Petapixel. Quote, the AF-S Nikkor 200mm FG-EDVR2 lens is available in the United States through NikonUSA.com and authorized retailers. This is factually correct. The lens is currently still available at online retailers and on NikonUSA.com, marked as in stock and ready to ship for anyone who is willing to drop the requisite $5,700 on this much-beloved optic. But for some reason, Nikon USA is unwilling to confirm what headquarters in Japan has already made clear. That said, users should probably assume Nikon Japan is correct here. If the lens had been accidentally added to the discontinued list, the error would have been fixed once we asked for comment. Since it hasn't been, we expect that this lens is indeed out of production, and hopefully a newer version, potentially leaked last year, is already in the works. Now, I have quite a few friends that shoot Nikon um, that are working professionals full-time, and they absolutely love their F-mount Nikkor 200mm F2 lens, and they're definitely going to be heartbroken to see it go away, but as mentioned in this article, hopefully that means that Nikon is planning to release a replacement for it sometime soon, whether that will be a 200mm F2 Mark II in the F-mount, or... More logically, it would make more sense, at least to me, in my book, to release a Z-mount version of this lens, since Nikon is just like Canon, moving forward with their full-frame mirrorless camera bodies. But we'll have to wait and see, but it's definitely some interesting news, and we'll have to keep an eye on this subject going forward. And finally, up this week, DJI unveils the Mavic Air 2 with a 48-megapixel sensor, 4K 60p video, and a 34-minute battery life. Just ten days after a major leak was told to Petapixel what we should expect, Chinese drone maker DJI has officially unveiled the Mavic Air 2, a drone they're calling the smartest, fastest, and easiest-to-fly consumer drone on the market, end quote. The Mavic Air 2 combines new hardware with intelligent software to pack a lot of aerial imaging power into a drone that weighs just 570 grams. Additionally, it's slightly bigger and heavier than the original Air, but it offers a lot more performance to make up for it. At its core is a 48 megapixel half-inch quad-bear image sensor that takes 12 megapixel into photos normally, but can capture the full 48 megapixel resolution of the sensor in a special high-res mode. It can also capture 4K 60p video at 120 uh, bits per second, a first for the Mavic series, 1080p video at 120 frames, 240 frames per second, and 8K hyperlapse in time-lapse mode. The Mavic Air has also been redesigned with new motors, better aerodynamics, and advanced battery technology to offer a max flight time of 34 minutes. And thanks to OcuSync 2.0, you can control the drone from up to 2 miles away, which is extremely impressive. But the base hardware is only the foundation. Like many of the flagship smartphones on the market, DJI DJI has built several smart features into both the camera and the drone itself. The camera will use deep learning and advanced scene recognition to automatically choose one of three options. HDR photo automatically captures and combines seven exposures into a final image with better dynamic range. Hyperlight mode does something similar for low light situations, capturing multiple shots and merging them into a final version with better exposure and less noise. And finally, the scene recognition mode can intelligently detect five different. Categories, sunsets, blue skies, grass, snow, and trees, and optimize the color, detail, and tone of your photo to match accordingly. This works together with the latest fast-track object and subject tracking features, ActiveTrack 3.0, Point of Interest 3.0, and Spotlight 2.0 to provide plenty of options for pilots who want to let the drone do most of the work. Finally, DJI is also emphasizing the extensive safety features they've built into the new drone. As the leaks indicated, there are no top-mounted sensors on the Mavic Air 2, but you do get opti- uh, obstacle sensors on the front and rear of the UAV, as well as some additional sensors and auxiliary lights on the bottom to facil- facilitate smoother automatic landing. The drone is also equipped with DJI's Advanced Pilot Assistance System, or APAS 3.0, which uses 3D mapping to pilot its own paths around obstacles, and AirSense technology, which uses Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast, or ADS-B technology, to warn drone pilots about other aircraft nearby and display their location on your control screen. You can buy the new Mavic Air in one of two kits, the standard option that includes the drone, a battery, the remote controller, and all of the necessary cables for $799, or the Fly More option that gives you all of that above, plus a shoulder bag, a set of ND filters, an extra set of propellers, a charging hub, and a total of three batteries for $988. Due to shipping issues caused by COVID-19, the Mavic Air 2 will only be available right away in China. All other regions are currently limited to pre-order with an expected ship date of late May of 2020. To learn more about the Mavic Air 2 and deep dive into all the flight and photography features that DJI has built into the software and hardware alike, you can head on over to the DJI website or pre-order yours today. And I'll include a link to the DJI website on the Mavic 2 Air in the show notes for this article so you can check it out for yourself. Now, this is absolutely some exciting news. I have a drone myself. I have the DJI, DJI Phantom 3 Professional, and I've got the hardshell backpack. I bought carbon fiber props for mine. I have the ND filters, and I've got four batteries uh, for my drone. I haven't used it a whole lot lately, especially in the last year or so. I haven't gotten around to getting my FAA license, so I could actually use it for paid work. Um, So, I've been debating if I'm just going to sell my drone and and stay out of the drone game altogether or not. I I can't decide yet. Um, The Mavic Air 2 definitely sounds interesting, and I know it's quite a bit smaller than the Phantom 3 or 4 which would be handy, especially with the fold-up design, you know, where you can fold in the arms that the props attach to and make it extremely small and sleek. That's exciting news. And the 34-minute battery life is absolutely amazing as well. And it's not a bad deal. I mean, with the Fly More option for a thousand bucks, just shy of a thousand bucks, you can Get the drone with ND filters, extra sets of propellers, the charging hub, and a total of three batteries. So, that's definitely not a bad deal versus 800 for just the drone, um, the battery, and the remote controller along with the cable. So, I think if I was going to go order one, I would definitely go with the Fly More option uh, just to have the extra batteries. Because if you're going to do some hardcore videography or photography with your drone, and you're out, you know, out in the field or wherever, you know... Um, it'd be best to have the extra batteries uh, because the batteries, again, are limited to 34 minutes and if it's a fairly windy day, the battery won't even last that long. Now, DJI doesn't say if winds would affect the, the lifespan of the battery on a single charge, but I have a feeling it would and that's because the drone has to work harder and use up more of its energy in order to maintain itself uh, automatically and in, in when there's windy conditions, you know, where the wind's a little bit stronger than on a nice calm sunny day. Uh, the drone definitely has to do a lot more work. It does a fantastic job with their software and GPS tracking and everything. They Their drones do a great job of maintaining their position even in a fairly strong wind. But again, in order to fight that wind, you do have a significant drain on the battery. So it'd be interesting to find out if that 34 minute flight time is only on a calm sunny day or if that's with a light wind of say you know two or three miles per hour um, I highly doubt it but we we would have to reach out to DJI and see if we can find out and I may just do that because I am curious um, again I haven't decided yet if I'm going to get out of the drone game altogether or if maybe I'll sell my Phantom 3 and get one of the Mavic Air 2 fly more packs and uh, give that a whirl. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that have the Mavic Air and the regular Mavic, and they absolutely love them, and uh, I've been a little bit curious about checking one of them out myself, I just haven't uh, pulled the trigger yet, so to speak. Okay, now the last thing I want to talk about this week before I wrap up this episode is the upcoming Summer 2020 giveaway. I made a post in the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which you can join the group on Facebook. Uh, it is a private group, but you can request to join. You only have to answer one security question, and that is the name of the host of the show, which is myself, Liam Douglas. And I've opened it up so you can also give the name of any of the guests that have been on the show in the last year or so, which would be Ruben Naha, Jill Mott, uh, John Harvell, Jeff Harmon from the Master of Photography and Photo Taco podcast, as well as the lovely and talented model and actress, Miss Ellie Cat. Uh, Any of those names will get you in as well. And, of course, the reason why the group is locked down with a security question is to keep all the bots and spammers out of the group, because they, let's be honest, they spoil groups for everybody, uh, on Facebook especially. Uh, But, again, I'm going to be doing a summer giveaway probably in July or August where the show will be giving away either a tripod or a monopod. Um, I put a poll in the Facebook group uh, to see if anybody, how many people had a preference on whether they thought it should be a tripod or a monopod. One listener said, why not get one of the combo jobs where it acts as both a tripod and then the center column pulls out and becomes a monopod, which is a cool idea. I might do that as well instead. Um, So, go ahead and answer that question if you're interested in the giveaway. Now, I'm not talking about a cheap, crappy tripod like I mentioned in the Tripods episode. No, it's not going to be a $20, $25 Amazon Basics tripod. It'll be a quality tripod. I haven't decided yet if it's going to be Benro or Manfrotto or who it's going to be. I'm still thinking about that. And I'm also going to reach out to uh, some of those companies to see if one of them would be interested in sponsoring that episode and providing the prize, or if I'll just have to eat the cost myself. We'll have to wait and see. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this Episode 70 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. And iTunes, and anywhere else that you might listen to the show, and also remind you that if you have a question or comment or a suggestion for an upcoming episode, you can call or text the show at 470-294-8191, or you can email the show at liam at com. Thank you for listening, everybody, and I will see you again in another seven days for episode 71.